Our gospel reading today comes from the epistle of Paul of 1 Peter, the first chapter beginning in the 8th verse. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith and the salvation for your souls. The word of God for the people of God. You know, in 1985, I became a mom. Paige chose me to be her mom. She was five years old, and I was thrilled beyond compare. So I asked Paige, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? She goes, I want a cat. I said, oh, you want a kitten? She said, no. I want a cat. <laughs> so I said, well, okay. And so um, right before Christmas, I went down to our local Humane Society and got um, this big tortoisey gray cat and hid her in the garage for several days. And um, Christmas Eve, I guess it was actually Christmas Day, early that morning, I tied a big red paisley ribbon around her neck and I tiptoed into her room and I kind of plopped the cat on her bed and then hightailed it back to my end of the house. And you heard from her bedroom the sound of what pure joy is. She loved that poor cat underneath her arm with it hanging down with that big ribbon around its neck all day long to everyone that came into the house that day, and I think 35 or 40 came for Christmas Day dinner, they had to experience the pure joy of the cat forever known by three names, Bubbles, Mary, Matthews. You would be outside and you would say, Kitty, kitty, come on, Bubbles, Mary, Matthews. You had to say all three names. But she gave us joy for many, many years, about 12 years. And that is what joy is like. The joy heard and experienced. on that Christmas day. It is the joy that overflows us, the joy that we want to share it. And joy is what we are celebrating on this Sunday. You know, the first Sunday in Advent, we heard a little bit about <coughs> Zachariah. Luke 1 tells the story of Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth who we know are the parents of John the Baptist, the ones sent to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah. We know that Zechariah was a priest, and an angel told him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him joy. John, 
and he will be a joy, it says in the Bible, a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. But what do we know about Zachariah and Elizabeth? We briefly, briefly got into that on our first Sunday. But it is a true story of God with us. Mary will experience that, and Elizabeth will experience that. And Elizabeth experienced that deep joy when she found herself in the midst of a miraculous event in her own life. But to understand what Elizabeth experienced, we have to know her story. Back in the days of the ancient Jews, children were a tremendous blessing. Psalm 127 says, Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, saying that blessed is the man whose house is filled with many children. Children allowed a couple of things. They were there to pass on the name and the heritage of their family, but they were also there to help in the daily life, to expand the livelihood of their family, to complete the task of the trade or craft that their father had. But most importantly, children were viewed as a gift from God and a sign of God's favor. So if you didn't have children, you experienced a certain amount of pain and loneliness and, and a little bit of shame from your peers as she walked around the marketplace. Maybe Elizabeth dismissed this after a while. We don't know how long she actually held on to the hope and the joy of having a child. But it was a burden that she carried deep within her. I imagine her friends offered her some encouragement. They tried to share in her sorrow. They perhaps offered her words of comfort. Elizabeth saw this as a sin in her life. Perhaps you are in need of some comforting, some confession, some way to work out a sin that you are holding on to in your life. But still, possibly, Elizabeth did experience some happiness in her life. She was married to um, a very faithful man of God, Zachariah. He was a priest, so she was obviously very involved in her community life. Um, Luke described them like this. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees, blameless. So they simply chose to serve out their older life in the service of God. We need to remember the, how old they really were. But God is here in their life, 
making a way. We heard a couple of weeks ago that it was just an ordinary day when Zachariah went to work. And we know every time that angel Gabriel shows up so far in this story, something big is going to happen, right? So Zechariah delivers this miraculous, here's this miraculous message from Gabriel. And he couldn't even tell his wife. This is the part of the story we didn't get into. He couldn't even tell his wife what Gabriel had told him because he doubted God. And so God made it where he was unable to speak. So he perhaps went home and tried to write out to Elizabeth what he had been told. <coughs> but the truth of the matter is, Elizabeth probably was not even taught to read because women were not taught to read then. So maybe he tried out uh, a famous acting of charades. Can you imagine Elizabeth trying to figure out what in the world is wrong with my husband? What? Can you say three words? What are you trying to tell me here? So they, so she sat there, but then she got it. Over time, Elizabeth knew what Zachariah was saying. She was filled with such hope such hope. But what we can tell from Luke's account is that Elizabeth had a much easier time accepting this news from God. So she lived it out, but she lives it out in silence for the first five, six months. She doesn't share the news with anybody. Perhaps it was in support of her husband because he could not speak and share in the telling of the news. Perhaps she didn't want to uh, get made fun of as she was in the marketplace because who would have believed this really old woman was having this baby? But what we do know for sure, is that in her sixth month, Elizabeth experienced a deep, true encounter with joy brought by the coming Messiah, brought by Mary, who is carrying God-made flesh. And we know that as soon as Mary arrived, Elizabeth's baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Her silence and seclusion had ended. Elizabeth's joy was overflowing. As she greeted Mary with a beautiful and sightful blessing, saying, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Bubbles Mary Matthews. 
has just jumped on the bed. Because joy was overflowing. And it was a true joy. It was contagious. Mary burst into her own, own song, which I recommend you all read. It is a song of praise and thanksgiving. And she gave the words to the miracle happening through her because she finally understood and believed and had been affirmed <coughs> without even having to explain it. Elizabeth knew. Elizabeth knew and gave voice to exactly what was going on. Maybe it was because God opened her eyes on the spot as her own miracle, John, recognized the Son of God, Jesus, was within Mary. These two women understood and shared a joy that could no longer be contained just between the two of them. Emmanuel, God with us, was already unleashing joy on this earth. His joy began to ripple out. Elizabeth gives birth to John three months later, and the joy of her miracle spread throughout the village and the family. Neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and then they, too, shared in her joy. You know, Elizabeth shared a great miracle. All of a sudden, she was free of the sin that she, she considered it a sin because she had not had a child. She had not been able to do this. That was what the shame she was carrying. What would we give to all of a sudden have that removed and lifted from us and experience real, pure joy? To have our scars and our shame washed away and it can happen, but probably not as dramatic as Elizabeth's event. This is the joy brought into our world by Jesus, God with us. Even though this happened so many years ago, over 2,000 years ago, we still can experience his life in his joy. They are still available to us now. Peter writes to us, an inexpressible joy and glorious joy. Inexpressible and glorious joy. Think about how deep those two words are. We love to be happy. We love to feel good. But happiness comes and goes with our circumstances. Happiness can come from many things. What makes you happy? Some days, um, like today, it made me happy that I was able to put my hair in a ponytail 
Because if not, it would have been out to here. Those are the little things in life that make me happy. Happiness for me is watching my cats yet again destroy my Christmas tree. And it is. I've decided I just won't even put up ornaments. But it brings them happiness to be able to crawl in it. It's the little things that make us happy. But happiness is fleeting. Pursuing happiness for the sake of happiness can be a shallow, self-centered pursuit. It is the very pursuit of happiness that throbs happiness. That was written by Viktor Frankl, a very famous Jewish survivor of a World War II concentration camp, <coughs> in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Joy includes happiness, but it is much deeper. Joy permeates our souls. Joy is rooted in gratitude, meaning, and a hope fulfilled. When it is based on a relationship with your Creator, joy comes from the God with us. Jesus, who is the very source of our joy. An inexpressible and glorious joy. That is the inheritance that we receive in Christ. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what we receive from Christ. There is a difference between joy and happiness because it is joy that defies the very circumstances that we may be struggling through. Happiness comes and goes. Joy flows deep in every challenge that we are facing, in every hardship, in every suffering. Joy drawn from Jesus, God with us, is always there. James famously said it best in the very beginning of his book in the Bible. He wrote, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Joy understands that there is more than what meets the eye, that God is already at work. God is always making a way. And God will make everything right. So we can experience the joy here and now, no matter what your circumstances. And it is in Advent and in Christmas that there is a miracle for all of us, the miracle of God to come to earth to be with us, to be with us, to heal us, to forgive us, to redeem us, to restore all our pain and turn it to good. And that 
is a cause for joy. The message from the angel long ago, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Jesus came to be God with us. He is the one who brought us the joy. So joy is a choice. Joy is an action. We talk about Mary a lot, and we've talked about her a lot over the last couple of weeks. But remember when she showed up at Elizabeth's house? Elizabeth was overcome with joy, which spread. Overcome with the pure joy. And she rejoices. She says it. Mary says it in her song, The Magnificent, in Luke. Read it. Because there are important words there. There's key words like rejoices, being rejoiced. That's an active form of the word joy. Mary is choosing and embracing the joy in the role that she will play, the role that has been given to her by God. Mary didn't ask for this. If she had, she may have just backed up from it a little bit. But in Mary's words, we see her response. She rejoices. She chooses joy. She focuses on the big picture. She embraced her difficult role. That is the very thing. We have that choice to choose, to be rejoice in the active form, to be the verb rejoice and choose joy. Philippians 4.4 tells us, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Romans 12.12, 12, these are verses you know. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. As you move through this Advent season, as we are coming to the high point, when God will come to us in the form of a baby, choose joy this season. Let us all rejoice as we await the arrival of Christ. Choose Emmanuel. Choose God who is always with us and making a way. Amen.